0: Slow Burn Media and Bill Huffman present Who Killed, a podcast that provides a voice for the voiceless.
1: We all walked around. Back then, you didn't have those worries. But then the bodies started multiplying, all young, all female, all alone at the time of death. She was a very happy girl very shy she would never have gotten in willingly with any strangers whatsoever in 1976 16 year old Pamela Maurer was found on the side of the road in Lyle in the snow she'd been strangled for 44 years her murder remained a mystery today investigators announced they found her killer because back in 1976 police had the good sense to preserve what today is called DNA evidence we finally put a a name and a face to this monster. Because of new DNA technology, police were able to create a picture of the killer from DNA evidence. So if you have any information, or perhaps you were victimized back in the 70s and never reported it to police, police are now asking that you come forward. If you have any information about any of these attacks, they're calling him a serial rapist and a serial killer. They think he was most active between 1974 and 1981.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 120 of Who Killed. I am your host, Bill Huffman, and this is a slow burn media podcast. Unfortunately, I suffered a bit of a setback last week as I had some health issues that put me in the hospital for a few days and. I apologize for not being on top of social media for the last few days, but I'm on the mend, and I am extremely happy to be back on the air. And on this week's episode, we are going to be talking about science. And as you all know, there are a few things that are constant in the world of true crime, and those are crime scene investigations and DNA. Now, most recently, familial or genealogical DNA. The term has made crime scene investigators into legitimate television show heroes and have inspired a billion TV shows for CBS as they have everything from CSI Los Angeles to NCIS wherever. It is a term the media absolutely loves to jump on. It is sort of a catch-all phrase that sums up how investigators were able to make a connection to a suspect and a crime. It has truly been one of the greatest weapons to law enforcement since the invention of the fingerprint. Now, again... There is a reason why murder does not have a statute of limitations, and that is because technology is always improving. If you think about what crime scene investigators had to work with, pre-DNA, it's pretty prehistoric. You think about this, and it's not even that long ago. In the early 1980s, they were still using blood typing, bite marks, fingerprints, and... Just general detective work that had been around for years and decades. And you guys actually might be surprised to learn that it was a Swiss chemist back in the 1860s named Friedrich Miesche who was the first to identify DNA. Unfortunately, 90 years would go by before James Watson and Francis Crick, who were a biologist and a physicist, and this was 1953, when they recognized that DNA actually exists as a three-dimensional double helix. It was after that that DNA research and its applications began to accelerate. little side note, this is a relative term because it wasn't until the 1980s where labs began using DNA to establish paternity in questioned cases. And in 1986, investigators asked a young geneticist named Alec Jeffries, who just two years prior had developed the genetic fingerprint to assist with solving a murder case. Now, Jeffries' research was already helping establish evidence in other legal matters, so the question became, why not try this on the worst crime of them all? So, the crime that brought DNA to the courthouse was pretty awful, and it was the sexual assault and murder of two 15-year-old girls. A teenage male with learning difficulties was actually accused of the crime, and police said that he had confessed to one murder, but not both. So with the hopes of pinning both of these killings on this child... Police hired Jeffries and his team to prove that he had done it. Surprisingly, they could not. In fact, they proved that the boy committed neither crime. Now, with no leads, police and Jeffries began to create a genetic profile of men that lived within the area. When someone actually reported that a local baker named College. Colin, I'm sorry, Colin Pitchfork had boasted that he had submitted a friend's DNA, police picked him up. Now, Jeffrey's team was able to successfully match Pitchfork's DNA with that that was found at the crime scene. And again, all this talk about DNA is important to the case that I am covering this week. Pamela Maurer was only 16 years old, and lived on Butternut Court in Woodridge, Illinois, when she was reported missing to Woodridge police on January 13, 1976. Her parents notified police after she didn't return from the home of a friend who had lived nearby. Without even enough time to produce a search party, her body was discovered the next morning by a witness who saw a purse along the west side of College Road and thought someone might have been hit by a car. Now, unfortunately, the body was found outside of a metal guardrail, and police believed that she actually might have been placed there in an attempt to make it look like she was a victim of a hit-and-run accident. Now, according to the Thomas Powers of the Chicago Tribune, Investigators were tracing the ownership of a three-foot piece of hose, which is the main clue in the death of Pamela Maurer, 16, whose body was found next to a road in a remote section of suburban Lyle. At the time of the discovery, Lyle Police Chief M.J. Wirth did express confidence that the killing would be solved and he said that the hose found near the girl's body was believed to have been used to strangle the girl. The chief described the hose as a half-inch thick hose as a, quote, special type with limited distribution, unquote. And he said that his investigators were attempting to track down recent purchases of this type of hose in stores within the area. Quote, We'll probably never find find out why he killed her, Worth said, but we're going to find him. We have a lot of people to talk to, and a lot of people are talking. Now, Worth went on to say that tests were being made on the hose and on the girl's body to determine if it was actually the item that was used to strangle her. Now, again, this would only make sense as the DuPage County Coroner's Office had reported that a preliminary examination had indicated that she had been strangled. Assisting Lyle police in the investigation were detectives from the DuPage County Sheriff's Office and from police departments in Naperville, Downers Grove, and Woodridge. Now, Worth said that classmates and acquaintances of the victim were being questioned, particularly in an effort to follow her movements monday night after she left the home of her friends police were also checking the possibility that the girl may have been forced into a car after leaving that friend's home which again is only two blocks from her home two blocks now her fully clothed body, again, was found at 7.45 a.m. on that Tuesday. And this was about one and a half miles south of Maple Avenue, near Illinois Benedictine College. Near her body was her purse and a small amount of money as well as ID papers. Again, at the time, the girl's clothing did not appear disarranged and it was stated at one point that she had not been sexually molested. Later research that I have uncovered disputes some of that, but put a pin in it. So Miss Maurer's movements had been traced up to only one forty five that Monday when she left her friend's house. And the two friends had said that Miss Maurer had left to buy a soft drink at McDonald's, which was only two blocks away. Now, Again, investigators were beginning to look into the possibility that the girl may have actually bought the pop or soft drink at a laundromat or a food store, which was just a block away from the house where she was hanging out. Back in the 70s and 80s, the Chicago Tribune was legitimately one of the premier newspapers, and they really covered the hell. ...out of Miss Maurer's death, and they reported that police had begun circulating a composite drawing... ...and description of a man that they wanted for questioning. Richard Doria, the chief of the DuPage County Sheriff's Office, had said a white man about 25 years old and about 5 feet 9 inches... ...had been described to police by a woman who said she rejected his offer of a ride. As the man asked her to model for him... The woman said she noticed a white bundle in the front seat of his late model, Mercury Capri. This incident, she said, occurred approximately 11.45 p.m. on Monday, about the time police believe the Maurer girl was killed. And again, the Chicago Tribune did their best to cover this case, but unfortunately... It went cold, as do cases in the 70s when you're working with limited information and limited witnesses and really no solid evidence found at the scene. But in 1993, the Tribune actually caught wind of an update on the 1976 murder of Pamela. And it was according to Art Barnum, who was a Tribune staff writer at the time, when he wrote that the investigation into a seventeen year old murder case is being reopened because of new information about the slain of Pamela Maurer, a high school junior from Woodridge, who was found strangled in an open field in Lyle. Again, she was found on the side of the road, but again this was seventeen years later, so I'm not gonna hold him his feet to the fire. Anyway, Woodridge Police Chief Stephen List said that Lyle and Woodridge police had reopened the case after recent information about the slain was obtained from several sources. Lyle Sergeant Stephen Arp said the case was reopened actually several months ago, and the police were attempting to use the latest information to let a new set of investigators attempt to solve it. I know that investigator, investigators are very... Uh, territorial and protective of the cases that they cover. So this was a very big step for the department to allow other investigators to look into this case. And Lyle Police actually asked anybody at the time, you know, to call Crime Stoppers or the police if they had any information. Sergeant Stephen Arp would go on to say that no arrests were imminent. But they would love to solve this case, no matter what. This case will never be closed. Again, Maurer was one of the six young women that were murdered in southern DuPage County between 1972 and 1976. Again, put a pin in that one. So the reopening of an old murder case has been successful in the suburbs at least once at this time in 1993 and that resulted in the arrest of Major Morris Jr. Now Morris was arrested in connection with the 1973 murder of Roberta Anderson whose body was found on the Will-Dupage County line. The Tribune reported that Morris, a Missouri resident, formerly lived near Oswego, and was arrested by Naperville police after he was linked to the slain by scientific procedures that weren't available at the time of the criminal investigation. Arp said that Naperville's success is part of our motivation for renewing our effort in the Maurer murder, but we don't believe their cases and this one are connected. However, Lyle police located near her body, that three-foot piece of rubber hose, which they believed was the murder weapon. And again, this would also make sense because she had bruises on her neck. But with hindsight being 2020, it makes the comments of former Lyle Police Chief M.J. Worth a little circumspect because, you know, you can have all the confidence in the world, but what he said at the time was two teenage males who police believe had information about the case had refused on their advice of their had refused to talk to police on the advice of their attorneys well no offense chief worth but anybody with a brain and the wherewithal to get an attorney would get an attorney regardless of their innocence or guilt nobody should ever talk to the police ever without an attorney present And this is not to say anything negative about the police. This is just common sense. Sorry, got off my soapbox there. So at the time, police questioned more than dozens of people and actually administered lie detector tests about the case. But no one was ever named as a prime suspect. Hence, no arrests were ever made. In regard to Morris, he remained in Will County Jail, fighting a trial in connection with the murder of Anderson, who had died after being stabbed 60 times. Naperville police told the media they believed that Morris was also connected with the 1972 slaying of Julie Ann Hansen, 16 of Naperville, who had been stabbed, you bet, dozens of times. So according to reports, again, with six murdered females in four years, the area was, needless to say, on high alert. Unfortunately, for the community and for the investigators, there was little evidence found at any of these crime scenes. Now, one of the similarities was that the victims were all young and described as attractive and friendly. After the murders, several Southern DuPage County police departments actually created a special unit called FIAT, or Felony Investigation Assistance Team, in which detectives from several departments joined forces to help solve major crimes. It's sort of like the Avengers of Crime Scene Investigation. Unfortunately, these officers had no idea how long they would still be looking for answers. And again, it was... 3
1: a.m., the comedy horror podcast that holds weekly gatherings around the campfire. Let me tell you what you're going to get. You're going to hear stories about demonic possessions, prison stabbings, skinwalkers, glitches in the Matrix, cult leaders, missing 411, night marchers, Operation Paperclip, mesopotamian devil worship and so many monsters it'll give kanye west a runaway for his money pop and meme culture also aren't off topic a camp where laughs and scares are constantly competing for first place we're just a group of friends trying to bust each other's balls find the best stories and expand the circle in the process 3am the comedy horror podcast not for the faint or fragile of heart let's go
0: Four decades after her murder, that there was an update on the case of Pamela Maurer. Now to a break in a case cold for 44 years. 16-year-old Pamela Maurer was strangled, and now police say they finally know who killed her.
1: CBS 2's Jim Williams is live at the Lyle Police Department with how investigators put the pieces together. Jim, Erica, and Brad. Police call it 44 years of persistence and remarkable advances in how DNA evidence is analyzed. 44 years ago today, the body of a 16-year-old girl was found here on College Road in Lyle. Pamela Maurer had been strangled and sexually assaulted. It was a cold case until now. Today, that mystery has finally been solved.
0: Yeah, that is right. Using the same type of DNA analysis that they used to identify the Golden State Killer, investigators were able to determine that Bruce Lindahl abducted Pamela Maurer as she left a friend's house to buy that soda. DNA evidence points that Maurer was murdered by Bruce Lindahl in 1976 in Lyle. The DuPage County state's attorney's office said by using the new type of DNA analysis, again the same used to identify the Golden State Killer, investigators determined that Bruce Lindahl had abducted the teenager as she left her friend's house to buy that soda. So more than four decades ago, authorities found 16-year-old Pamela dead on the side of the road in western suburban Lyle, as I mentioned before. Now, this is where the description or discretions come in. She had been raped and strangled, most likely with that rubber hose that we talked about. Now, again, when the initial report came out, it said that she had not been sexually molested. So I'm not sure what changed in the years since, but apparently that is now in the records that she has been assaulted. So... Again, in 2020, authorities announced that they identified Lindell as a likely serial killer and that he was not only responsible for the 1976 strangulation of Maurer, but was also connected to the murder of Charles Huber of Naperville. And again, this was somebody who clearly was a victim of Lindell because guess what? At the time of Charles Huber's murder, Lindell stabbed himself accidentally and slashed his femoral artery and died along with his murder victim. It is absolutely mind-boggling. Let's hear from this week's sponsor, Best Fiends. Now let me tell you about Best Fiends. It's this wicked awesome mobile puzzle game that you play right on your phone. Researching true crime can bring me down a bit. And when it does, I turn to Best Fiends. Clearly, I enjoy solving puzzles as a true crime podcaster. And Best Fiends really does offer me a new challenge every day. And this is a really casual game that doesn't stress me out. And one of the coolest parts about Best Fiends is whenever I open the game, there really is something new going on every time. Whether it's a fun monthly event... New levels are just a new challenge. The fact that I'm cruising through these levels should be an example that anyone can play. I find moving through all these puzzle levels a mindful experience, and it really relaxes me. Collecting all those different characters is another reason that I turn to Best Fiends for a break. If you're tired of the same old puzzle games, then this game is for you. Best Fiends is way more than your average mobile puzzle game, The makers of Best Fiends have literally created a whole world right on my phone. The graphics are awesome, and the music is just great. And you know what? I really do have a favorite character, aptly named Temper. It fits my personality. So trust me, you don't want to miss out on this game. So join me and millions of people who are already playing this fun puzzle game. Download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play today. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. All right, we are back. Again, Lindell was 23 at the time of Maurer's murder, but police believe that he had connections to a number of other murders. Now, this was one of those things that was clear as day because Lindell was actually charged with rape and it was the woman who was prosecuting well taking him to court who disappeared and charges were never actually filed against Lindell because she never showed up to court a year after Lindell's body was found they found the body of this woman so it's pretty wild to think that this character was kind of acting really off the grid and nobody seemed to acknowledge it and it's it's really wild and again bruce lindell was described as authorities said as a possible serial killer and this was one of those individuals who looked pretty innocent and I can understand why he was able to get away with the crimes. He kind of fit in with what was going on with the scene. I mean, he was an attractive, well, as men go, you know, he wasn't uh, a Sam or a David Berkowitz type of uh, killer. He was more on the Ted Bundy side of things. And again, the... Other suspected victims were Deborah McCall, who was a Downers Grove North student, and she disappeared in November of 1997. And the reason why she was connected to Lindell is police actually found photos of her in Lindell's home after he died. So police found photos of other women in his house when he was arrested, and, and began to try to identify those other women. And again, this is a serial killer that was really going under the radar. Another woman that was most likely a victim of Lindell, and this was the woman that was accusing him of rape, was Deborah Collender. Now, she, again, was the one taking him to court for rape and kidnapping. And authorities believe that either Lindell himself or one of his cohorts had her kidnapped and disappeared until her body was discovered in a shallow grave in Oswego Township. Now, again, Maurer was the first murderer to be solved in the state of Illinois using the technique that was used to solve the Golden State killing. Using DNA that was found on Maurer's body, investigators were able to use the publicly available DNA databases to construct a possible family tree of a suspect and identify relatives of a suspect. And after identifying Lindell prosecutors got permission in November to exhume his body and then test his DNA. This is where there shouldn't be a surprise. The tests were a match. Lyle police were still working on identifying other possible victims of Lindell and have asked the public to come forward. Now, this was according to the Daily Herald, and again absolutely wild that this suspect would have gone under the radar if he had been killing that many people in that short amount of time so again when you look at the coverage of this crime the chicago sun times wrote in 2020 that a suspected serial killer Strangled a suburban Chicago teenage girl in 1976 and likely killed another woman just days before she was due to testify in court that he raped her, police said Monday. Lyle Police Detective Chris Loudon, who investigated the January 1976 slain of 16-year-old Pamela Maurer of Woodridge, said during a news conference that DNA recovered from the exhumed remains of Bruce Lindell indicated he killed the teen. Quote, I suspect him to be a serial killer, Loudon said of Lindell, whose body was exhumed in November. One of the most disturbing aspects of Lindell is the amount of photographs of unidentified females that were found in Lindell's home that depict other victims. Now, I'll say this is eerily similar to the case of the Grim Sleeper, who stalked the back streets of L.A. for decades before being caught. And again, that is working against the grain because he was attacking individuals that had already fallen off the grid and people really weren't looking for them. So that is one of the reasons why the grim sleeper was able to get away with the murders for as long as he did. How Lindell did I am still unaware. Now police did make the announcement of Lindell's connection on the 44th anniversary of the day that Pamela's body was discovered. Now At the time, police did conclude that her body may have been placed there, as I said before, to make it look like a hit and run, but they said that she had been strangled. And again, the case went unsolved for decades. But, as I mentioned before, with the advances in technology, they had the ability to take another look at the evidence from her case. I mentioned earlier that in 1993, investigators analyzed evidence that had been collected from the girl's body and stored. DuPage County State's Attorney Robert Berlin said at the news conference that they were actually able to develop a profile of the suspected killer. Now, at the time, no suspected serial killer or suspect was identified. But last year, and this was 2019, advanced DNA testing was conducted. Now, this enabled... Scientists to create a snapshot, quote unquote, of the suspect's traits, including eye color, skin color, and the shape of his face. With that information, along with the analysis of the public genealogy database, this led authorities to identify Bruce Lindell as the suspect. That identification using genealogical evidence the first of its kind in the state of Illinois, as I said before, has led authorities to believe it was a series of crimes committed by Lindell, including the sexual assault of young women and at least two other homicides. When police learned Lindell's name, they quickly discovered that the 29-year-old resident of, a, of nearby Aurora had died during a fatal knife attack on twenty, no, on 18-year-old Charles Huber of Naperville in 1981. And this is where he accidentally slashed a major artery in his own leg, and, well, unfortunately, he bled to death. Not going to shed any tears for this guy. So at the time of his death, Lindell, again, as I mentioned before, was the suspect of the 1980 rape and kidnapping of Deborah Collender. Now, Berlin said authorities believe that Lindell abducted the woman from a suburban shopping center and raped her in his Aurora home before she managed to escape and call police from a neighbor's house. He was charged, then released from jail after posting bail. Just days before she was to testify at his trial, she vanished, forcing prosecutors to drop the charges in 1981. In 1982, several months after Lindell's death, Collender's body was discovered, as I mentioned before, by a farmer in a shallow grave in a rural Oswego township. An autopsy was unable to determine how she died, but her death was ruled a homicide. Quote, All the evidence points to Bruce Lindell being responsible for her murder, Berlin said, leaving open the possibility that he hired someone to kill her or did it himself. Quote, we believe Deborah was murdered in order to prevent her from testifying at Lindell's rape trial, unquote. Berlin said that there is evidence linking Lindell to the 1979 disappearance of that other high school student that I mentioned, Deborah McCall. After the death of Bruce, those photographs of McCall were found in his apartment, which again is just absolutely terrifying to think that someone like this could be going under the radar so it's just one of those things when you look at a case like this and a murderer like bruce lindell and wonder to yourself how in the world was he able to get away with this without anybody ever taking notice I mean, these were the questions that were being asked by the Associated Press after he was connected to the Mauer murder and other cases as well. And again, you know, police go on to say that, you know, Bruce stayed under the radar and it was when un- authorities un- discovered Lindell's body dead from a knife wound that he was known by various police departments as a loser And had been arrested many times, but had no felony convictions on his record. And, as with many serial killers, he was a loner. He didn't have a wide circle of friends, so he really didn't have anybody, I guess, keeping track of him. Again, one of the most disgusting discoveries at his house was the photos of naked women and who knows who these women were and whether or not they consented to those photographs. He did go through extensive work to hide what he was doing. Uh, Of the females that investigators believe Lindell abducted and killed, only two bodies have actually been found. Now, this is according to the Associated Press. Cindy Evans was a friend of... Pamela's, and she spoke to the media following the news conference. And again, she was just shocked that it took this long to discover who was responsible for her friend's death. And again, you know, DNA evidence remained on her body that investigators used, and thank goodness that they did because otherwise maybe they would not have been able to connect lend out to all these other cases so this is just one of those cases where you just find a lot of question marks and a lot of people wondering why this individual was able to go on you know living and this is uh they make reference in one of the articles in the Associated Press about the uh, brown chicken slains and they talk about how they used a old piece of chicken to determine that the DNA from that piece of chicken was connected to the one of the killers. So it's it's surprising how these cases all come back and connect one to one another. Especially when you think about, you know, Chicago, I mean, being a huge city and um, it's just wild to think that, uh, you know, you have this guy committing these crimes, but I mean, at the same time, you also had John Wayne Gacy and I mean, Gacy was convicted of killing 33 young men and probably con- you know probably could have been convicted of a lot more but it's just insane and i mean when you think about the freewheeling days of the 60s and 70s when people were basically loving life and just hitting the road and hitchhiking and whatever it was what it was i mean people got to be free and there were no cell phones there was no way of tracking anybody um Unfortunately, it also added to create a perfect environment for any serial killer who wanted to, you know, practice his uh, crazy fantasies. And unfortunately, in the case of Pamela Maurer and Deborah McCall and all these other women that he has been associated with, it's just a shame that he was never brought to justice because... This is one of those people that deserves the death penalty. And I'm not a death penalty guy at all. I'm just saying that if there is a reason for anybody to be put to death, I would say the killing of multiple women as well as raping and kidnappings uh, probably are a good sign that you probably aren't going to make it in our society as a normal human being. So... Better to be left, you know, dead, I guess. (laughs) Not to be blunt about it, but again, it's true. I mean, Bruce Lindell did the government a favor by accidentally stabbing himself because we would have had to pay the taxes for keeping him in prison before he was actually executed, if he was ever actually executed. So is this justice that... Bruce Lindell accidentally killed himself um, I'm going to go ahead and say yeah because you really kind of don't get better karma than killing yourself accidentally in the middle of committing a murder and I guess in when it all boils down to it uh, you know Lindell is a terrible person And, you know, authorities, you know, will tell you that they believe that he killed 12 people and possibly raped nine others. And this is terrible. I mean, the detectives at the time said Lindell was linked to nine rape cases and some of the victims were still alive and some were dead. Quote, I'm still getting calls from other people who told me enough details that I know it was under similar circumstances, Loudon said. It was Monday that authorities announced that they used that DNA analysis. Now, this was Monday in 2020 to link Lindau to the murder of Pamela. And again, this was all very big news in Chicago as well as across the country because... In 2020, you know, true crime was, and I believe it still is, you know, at its peak stage. And this is really an example of investigators kind of double backing or re examining the evidence that they have and making the most of it. I mean, it's really amazing to think that 44 years after her body was found i mean that's older than i am that she that her murder was solved it's really it's really incredible and i know that her family you know according to the reports that i read were absolutely thrilled to see some sort of closure within this case because when you have a case like this it's really difficult to understand what closure means or is there such a thing as closure? But I know for a family that has been looking for answers for 44 years, to find out that Bruce Lindell was a person that is not just a murderer of your daughter, but a serial killer, there has to be a little bit of satisfaction in knowing that he is, one, dead, And two, he really was an awful person, and it was more of a fact of your daughter being in the wrong place at the wrong time. She didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing that Pamela did that led to her death. This is the actions of a deprived, depraved, insane psychopath, sociopath, that led to the murder of Pamela and the absolute t- terror that the community spent 44 years in. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, I know that when we talk about the Amy Mahalovic case, I mean, it's been 32 years now, and it still seems like it was yesterday. So it would be amazing if there was one-day resolution, and I can only imagine how great of a feeling that will be for the family of Amy's, and the community as well, but at least in this particular case, they were able to find an answer to who killed Pamela Maurer, because really, at the time, they had nothing to go on, but the fact that they were able to keep and store what she was wearing at at the time of her discovery, I think that says something about how a police detective or crime scene investigator works. Might as well just put this in a box and maybe one day we will be able to use it. And again, you saw that in the Amy case when they brought the curtain out in, I forget what year, 2016, but that was something that they had found at the crime scene in 1989 Should they have released that image earlier? Possibly, but they didn't have the technology to connect the crime to that particular item. So, I don't know. I always feel a little on the fence about how much the police should disclose as far as evidence goes, because if you have something like a curtain that may match another curtain in your house and you display it before you have proof that it's connected to the crime that person can then go ahead and destroy the evidence that would provide that connection so i do understand the idea of keeping things close to the chest and i'm not going to blame investigators here at all because again they had very very little evidence to work with and the fact that they were able to go back in 1993 reexamine the case and then in twenty twenty have the, you know, wherewithal to submit the DNA to these laboratories to find an answer. And it's really, really a good feeling and a it's comforting to know that the investigators never did give up. And I think if the family can rest on anything is that they truly did not give up. I mean, Bruce Lindell had been dead for 40 years or 39 years by the time they discovered it was him that was involved with the death of Pamela. So kudos to the investigators for sticking with it. I feel terrible for the family, but I'm very happy that they can at least go to sleep at night knowing that The individual who perpetrated this crime is no longer on the streets, alive, or anything like that. And again, this case is one of those cases where you do find answers. So I'm happy to say that we do know who killed Pamela Maurer, and that is... Serial killer, Bruce Lindell. So thank you to Best Fiends for sponsoring this week's show. You can download the app free from the Apple App Store or Google Play. And thank you guys, the listeners, as always, for tuning in. If it wasn't for you, the show would not exist. As you know by now, I drop new episodes of Who Killed every Friday, and that is wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And as always, if you'd enjoy this podcast or my other shows, you can directly help this show stay on the air by contributing via the Venmo app with my username at Bill-Huffman-3 or via PayPal. I will provide a link in the show notes. I promise you, every contribution, big or small, really does keep these slow-burn podcasts on the air. Now, you can also support the show by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows, because guess what? Those five stars do help keep the important cases that I cover, such as Amy's, in the spotlight. And if you want to stay up to date on the cases that I have covered, as well as the new shows I have in the pipeline, please follow me on Twitter at Bill Huffman 3 Thank you guys so much again for listening. I again apologize for not being on social media due to some health related issues, but I am back in the saddle and until next time be healthy and stay safe.